Welcome to the Green Zone Podcast, the show that teaches oil and gas executives how to take command of their finances and live in the green. Your host, Jeff Green, from Green Financial Group, will be your financial guide, all while giving you a tour of the most beloved and best-kept secret spots around Houston, Texas. Now, on to the show. It's coming. At least you hope so. Some things to think about as you plan for retirement. Jeff Green and Lauren Smith are here with some thoughts. Go for it, folks. Well, you know, I don't know if I'm ever going to retire. That's just, you know, my DNA. But, you know, if I did, I think I, I would really be thinking about it as like going fishing or hunting, maybe. I think that's, that's where my thoughts would be. Well, that's not exactly the thoughts we need to be having on this <laughs> podcast. We need to get a little more technical. Oh, into it needs, the, to be, like, needs to be something deeper than planning. that. Yes. Oh, retirement planning. Like, how am I going to pay for all that? Exactly. Oh, but yeah. also, I mean, having a bucket list, having the things, you know, we'll just, let's just jump right into the fun part. Okay. It is important when you're thinking about retirement to really think about how you want to spend your days. Mm. What's important to you? You know, you've worked your whole life for this retirement, this dream, this unattainable thing that's now actually attainable and in, you know, yeah. the lights at the end of the tunnel. You do need to think about what you want to do with yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, this is the fun part for me. And we'll, we'll cuz you know, I love the bucket list thing. And every year, you know, I, and I and I take you to this and I help you go through this, this exercise, you go through it with me. But it's a it's a big long business plan exercise, but one very small part of that exercise is your bucket list, right? And you just write out all the things that you want to do. And every year I I go through this exercise and it changes. I mean, your your values change. I mean, things change with you as as you get older, things become more important, less important along the way. And so I write out my 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 bucket list. And I'd recommend you start living out your bucket list now. You know, even if you're not retired, you know, if you're a younger person listening to this podcast, you go through the same exercise. You know, you're you're you know, a year or two younger than me anyway. Right. So, (laughs) so it's, it's important for you to start living on your bucket list just as is me. So I I, I love the bucket list thing. You know, I'm going to go do, you know, heading to California. Right. And one of my bucket list things has been to drive up and down the PCH uh, for, you know, about two weeks or so. Now I'm not going to do it for two weeks when I go this time, but I'm going to do a trial run. So I'm going to take a few days. I'm going to be up and down the PCH staying in some cool places, whatever, just, uh, you know, I just kind of would be out there in, in the convertible, right. In the nice convertible cruising up and down. Fancy. Yeah. It's, it's cool. But I realized, you know, that's pretty much a lot of people's, I mean, everybody, everybody yeah. does that on the PCA. So anyway, it's okay. Um, you can have the same bucket list as other people. That's, oh yeah. That's doesn't make it any less special to you. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to get to live out a little bit of my bucket list, uh, here starting tomorrow. So I'm, 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 I'm yeah, stoked about it. Thanks awesome. for starting with bucket list. I didn't even know we we're going to do that, but yeah, well, cool. you kind of jumped right into it, but it is, you know, as you're planning for retirement, it's important to visualize what retirement means. Like, what are you, yeah. what are you even planning for? Yeah. So if you don't have a bucket list, if you don't have a list of like ideas of what every day is going to look like for you, then, you know, what are you even working for? If you don't know what the end prize is after the years of working. Exactly. And, you know, we, you know, we've done webinars about this also, but people define themselves by their work and what's, what becomes the definition of yourself when you're no longer working and you have to create that. You have to create a new you and, you know, part of that is living out your dreams, I'm not doing the things that you always want to do, but you got to write those down, you know, write them down, get a plan and go after them. And we also say, you know, if every day Saturday, what are you going to do with yourself? <laughs> yeah. Like the things you do on the weekend, if you have every day to do that because you're no longer working and, you know, confined by a nine to five job, are you going to golf every single day? You go shopping every single day. What, yeah. are you, what are you going to do with yourself? And, you know, people that that have, you know, we've got clients that have started out wanting to do that. Like, I want to go golfing every day. You know, go on the golf course. 
they get tired of it. Yeah. They, they get they they get tired of golfing every day. And we have one client that says he doesn't even like taking trips that have a golf course at the trip <laughs> because that's what he does every day at home now because he's retired. That you know why would I want to travel to do that? I do that right. every single day. Right. So you know, but define your bucket list. Think about what's important to you. It gives you something to look forward to. And you know what? It might if you're ten years away from retirement. Your bucket list now might look different than your bucket list in 10 years, but at least start thinking about it and thinking about what retirement looks like to you. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a 180 here and throw something at you. What? Social security. <laughs> so that's no fun. That but. is no fun. You just so, went from the bucket list to social I know. security. So, but, but again, so this is, it is not all about fun. It's what, what we got to think about as we you know come up to retirement because it's important and social security can mean the difference of, you know, some thousands of dollars. So what do we need to look at in social security? So it's just something you need to think about. You know, you have between the ages of 62 and 70 to start taking social security. Obviously, as you take it earlier, you might get le- you will get less of a benefit than if you take it later at 70. You've got your full retirement age around 66 and up depending on age when you were born. Um, you know, but with social security, it's just important to factor it in and to think about certain things. Is longevity in your family? Do you have both of your parents lived to be a hundred years old? If so, sometimes it's better to wait, wait until 70 to take it where you're guaranteed a larger amount for the rest of your life. If, you know, longevity is not important or not a big factor for you, then maybe take it earlier. That's just one thing to look at because typically the crossover age with when taking it early, when taking it later catches up to taking it early is around the mid 80s. So you kind of, you know, a rule of thought is if I'm going to live past 83, and this varies on your situation, your numbers, you know, a lot of factors that go into it. But, you know, if, if you're thinking, okay, break even age is 83, I know I'm going to live till 95 because both of my parents live to 100 and I'm in great health and, you know, all these things. Maybe it's better to wait. There's just, well, no one knows, but no. if you think you have a higher probability, I don't know. We've had some clients that when we meet with them, they say, oh, I'm living to 100. Yeah, that's just true. I mean, manifest that. (laughs) Like if they're healthy and they believe that and they've seen it in their family, like who are we to tell them not to plan for that? So, so you're right. And, you know, uh, we, we've, we've been to countless social security, quote unquote experts, right. And go listen to them and, you know, hear their opinions and this and that. And virtually every one of them, Every one of them that I've ever listened to, and there's been many, have said there's only one answer to social security. Wait till full benefit age. That's it. Wait till wait till 70. Wait till 70. Wait till the wait the longest that you can and then take it. That sounds great, right? That sounds it's coming from a social security expert and they know all these things. I'm gonna tell you that is the wrong way to look at it. I've been doing this for a long time. Lauren, you've been doing this for a long time. It's not as simple as wait till full benefit age because there's a lot of other factors that come into play, like you know, let's say you're getting, let's say your security is thirty thousand dollars a year, right? If you're going to wait until seventy to get that thirty thousand dollars a year, where's that? Other, where, where? How are you replacing that? How are you getting that thirty thousand dollars that you would have otherwise had with Social Security? It's got to come from somewhere, and it's going to come from your portfolio. So if you're not if you're not looking at a lot of different factors, so you know, I, I say don't listen to Social Security experts. They're not experts. They are not. They're not. They're experts in Social Security. They're not experts in retirement, and they don't well, take everything into account. The the whole thing with Social Security is every single person's different. Mm-hmm. So even everything we say right now might not even apply to you. So you can listen to the experts, but it's not going to mean anything because they are not talking about your specific situation. Right. So to really maximize your Social Security, make the best of it, make sure it fits into your portfolio. You have to look at it 
specifically for yourself with like no, no, nothing else. Yeah. So you, there's a whole, you know, and just, you know, here comes a shameless plug, but we do a very deep dive into social security uh, for all of our clients. I mean, it's because it's, it's becomes, it's very important. And it's the, it's the difference between tens of thousands of dollars. And if you, if you don't, if you don't make the right decision or at least an informed decision, then you're doing yourself a disservice. So make sure if you're talking to your financial advisor, you go into a very deep dive with social security before retirement comes around. Yes, I totally agree with that. But one little trick though, is if you do draw social security and you decide within the first year, you can give it all back and delay taking it for later. Sure. You might have to write a big check because you might've already spent that, but you do get this say, one, right. one little time to say, you know what? I took it at 62 and I just did not, that was not a very thought out a thought out answer. Yeah. So you can, you can give it back. So if you have made, you know, a hasty social security decision and you want to revisit it and make sure that was the right thing, you know, you've got your year to do it. Yeah. So make sure you do. Yeah. So what else, what else do we need to look at? You know, another thing as you're thinking about retirement, just whenever down the line that is, is to think about the retirement date. So dates important. And in a lot of cases, depending on pension projections, and if you have a pension and you know, interest rates and certain things, the actual date you choose to retire can make a huge impact on lump sum pensions or annuity. Like there's a lot of different factors. So if you're in a plan that is influenced by um, interest rate and by dates and timing, you need to really pay attention. Well, to if that. you're in a plan, then you're in, you're in a plan that's influenced by that. So they're all, they all are. So yes, your date can be important. And again, you got to get with your financial advisor and make sure that you're doing a deep analysis of the benefits of that of your particular plan because they're all they all got their little nuances along the way, don't they? They do. Yeah. So that's important. You know, another thing that I think is important too is start using the time before retirement to really focus on your budget. How much are you spending? And are the things you're spending money on now essential or are they, you know, you're, are you spending more on fun and discretionary spending, or is it just the essentials? And start to really look at that because that's going to shape your retirement lifestyle. And if a lot of people go into retirement, you know, we say, how much do you think you need to live on? And they have no idea. So if you go into retirement already knowing, okay, you know what? My fixed expenses, mortgage, insurances, car, everything fixed is $3,000 a month. I know that anything I get above 3000 is extra for travel, for fun, for entertainment, for shopping. Then you can go in and you can really make the most of maximizing your cash flow. But if you go in not knowing, well, let me start with $10,000 a month. Let me see if that's enough. Like it just starting to really think about budgeting. If you do it before retirement, you're going to be ahead of the game. There's, you know, there's this retirement myth out there. there there's a lot of retirement myths. This is, but this is a big one. It's completely false. But they, they, there's, they say, hey, when you retire, plan on spending about 70% of what you're making during your earning years. That's completely false. Um, most people spend actually more <laughs> than what they did in their working. And it goes back to every day being Saturday because we spend most of our money we spend on, on Saturdays. And when every day is Saturday, you're going to spend some money. So, I mean, this, that's a myth. Don't, don't buy into that myth about Oh, I need. I can live off of seventy percent of what I was making during my working years. That's the, that's a myth. You need to do what Lauren was talking about: budget, list it out. What are you actually going to be spending? And you're going to come up with a much much better number than taking seventy percent of you know your salary. And I also feel that the clients that maybe 
tend to overspend in their retirement, they're the ones that don't necessarily know what their expenses were. So they kind of just come with a number like, well, this is what I was, my paycheck was producing. I think now I'm retired. I've got, you know, some more activities I'm going to want to do. You know, I was making 7,000 a month. Let me, I'm just going to take 10,000 a month. And they don't really need the 10,000 and they're, they're the boss They're They can do whatever they want with their money. But if they had a better idea of the budget, they could maybe take 8,500, leave the remaining 15 to grow in their accounts invested, you know, and end up being better in the long run versus, you know, taking more just for the sake of an arbitrary. Yeah. Just for, because, you know, you have that mentality when you're working, Oh, my next paycheck's coming, right? right. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm always gonna get that paycheck that's coming. Well, you know, you know, that that paycheck is you know potentially coming from this this endless supply, right? As long as right. I'm working here, I'm gonna be getting exactly. it exactly. But now you're working off a finite supply, and that is your retirement savings that will not always be there. We hope you know we hope it's always gonna be there if you do the proper planning, it will be. But if you start, you know, taking picking random numbers about income, what you're gonna pull down from that portfolio, it will have a very finite life. So another thing to think about as you're leading up to retirement is just, you know, as Jeff's saying, he's talking about cash flow and where you've got where's it coming from? Where's it going to come from? Right. So, you know, as you're leading up to retirement, just start taking an inventory of what you have, just so you can be aware of the future tax implications of different accounts. You know, if you have not started a Roth IRA, if you're able to through a 401k, through a, a work, um, an employer plan. That's a great way to start saving for retirement for some possible tax-free distributions in the future. You know, you might have a checking account, a savings account. Those are taxed. Those are really not taxed that much. But then if you have a brokerage account, that's an individual account, it has certain tax implications versus an IRA. So there's all different types of accounts, different types of tax consequences. So just start paying attention to what you have, where you're putting your money, you know, as you're saving, yeah. where's it going? Because you know, there's an efficient way to pull it out of there, right? There's an efficient way to pull it out of there. But if you're conscious about putting it in, then it even helps in the long run. You know, we have clients that say, I wish I would have started doing a Roth, right. a Roth IRA 15 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should have. I know. <laughs> well, you know, that brings up a, another good point about Roth, right? So now you're talking about taxes. And oh, I'm, did, did, were you finished with your thought on? I'm finished on my thought. Okay, go, so. go take it. Take it from here. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I just I just over talk, Laura. It's okay. Yeah, but you just jump right in. You've done that a time or two with me. Anyway, so Roth conversions. So we, you know we we do a lot of tax planning. In tax planning, and not, I'm not talking about filling out 1040s. I'm talking about planning your taxes so that when you go to fill out your 1040s, it's going to be a decent number, right? So. Um, that, and that has to do with where, you know, and talking about cash flow and all these different sources of funds, social security, after-tax accounts, IRAs, pensions, whatever, where's all that money? How, how are we creating that company paycheck every month? Where, where are we drawing the funds from? That's a very important decision because it affects your taxes tremendously. The other way to save taxes over the course of a lifetime is Roth conversions, right? So now, I will tell you there are some things running around Congress right now that will hamper our Roth conversions, but they're not here yet. And so right now, as of the recording of this podcast, we can we can do Roth conversions. And Roth conversions are simply taking assets within your or monies within your traditional IRA, money, stock, whatever you want, taking it from your traditional IRA and converting it to a Roth, a portion of. 
and you do it up to certain tax brackets. There's a lot of planning that goes into Roth conversions. It was a very, very uh, ta- effective tax saving strategy really over the course of a lifetime. And I mean, we've been able to show people quite significant um, lifetime tax savings by yeah. simple Roth conversion strategy. I mean, big time. And just so the compliance police doesn't come after us, you know, we are not tax advisors. Right. We will help you plan for taxes, of course. And you know, then can, you can go to your take that to your tax professional and have them verify it and make sure that it's in line with what they're suggesting. But you know, Roth conversions, and they're not for everybody. They, but in some situations, they are a great tool to start moving money from qualified assets to Roths, where they can then grow tax free, be passed on tax free to heirs. You know, it's a great, it's a great tool. Yeah. And so it's something that, especially when you're leading up to retirement, really pay attention. Do you have a Roth? If you don't, maybe there's a way you can start contributing now. Do you have an IRA, a pension, a 401k? What's that value going to look like at retirement? Right. Are you going to be subject to crazy RMD issues, required minimum distribution issues when you're 72? And maybe you only need $50,000 a year, but because of the size of your qualified accounts, you're going to have to pull out 200,000 and pay taxes on all 200. So it's something, you know, I think we deal a lot with people that are nearing retirement answering these questions, but as you're really even considering retirement, it's a good thing to just start looking towards the future and being aware of what you have. Sounds like retirement requires a lot of planning. It does. It really, (laughs) really does. And what do you always say about a plan? Retirement plan? You got to have one, right? I mean, well, yeah, you got to have one. You got to have one. I thought you wanted my a goal without a plan is just a dream. <laughs> I thought that's the one you're going I, for. I want to take it whatever you want to give it. That's fine. Plan, fail to plan, plan to fail. There you go. There you go. Uh, so I want to hit on one here that's kind of near, kind of top of mind with me, near and dear to my heart right now. I have a very dear friend uh, in the hospital and he has COVID. He's on a ventilator. He's been that way for two weeks. Um, he's up and down, quite frankly. I mean, that's, that's what I can say. We're praying for him. For the best for him, but I talk to his wife every day, and you know she's come to me. You know, Jeff, did 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 he have a will? You know, did you ever talk to him about? And no, I mean he's not a client; he's a friend. But we talked about everything. I mean, literally everything under the sun. I knew his finances. I mean, he knew mine. We, I mean, we we're very, we we're very, very close. Um, but I don't think he had a will. Uh, and if he did have a will, it was a will that he did. You know, twenty years, years ago, ago when he when the kids were born. And it was a simple, I love you will, and it has not been updated for that long. And now she can't even find it. And within that will, normally when people do their will, there's medical directives in there, right? And our medical directives say, hey, you know, I don't want to be on life support. This person has, you know, my medical making decision yeah, authority, wishes, right? Yeah, right? So, you know, if I'm, if I'm incapacitated, I can't make a decision for myself, this person does. <laughs> well, you would think in the absence of that, your spouse would automatically, yeah, right? That, I would have, I would have assumed that. Yeah, not the case. Uh, not the case at all. And so, in in, a, in a medical emergency, in the absence of of directives, medical directives, the spouse can make the decision. Right? That's typically done that way. But if it's not a medical emergency, and 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 in his case, it's not considered an emergency right now, right? He's because just, he's just stable, he's, he's and- stable, and whatever. So. Uh, they don't. The, the, it depends on the hospital, but in, but in, in the state, you don't have that. You don't have that right. You don't. A spouse does not automatically have that right. So she can't go in and say, "I want to try this treatment. I want to no. do this. This is what he would have wanted." And they would. They would just say, "I'm sorry, you don't have any." Unless you produce, they they, they can. Okay, they can certainly say that. Some do, some don't. From my understanding, 
But in the absence of that, and, the, and if the hospital is not cooperating with you, then you have to go through a, a court <laughs> to get the rights to do that. And it is a process and, and not the process that you want to be going through in a time like that. Exactly. So please make sure you've got your wills up to date. Make sure you've got your medical directives up to date and everything's in order. And I would highly, highly recommend that you review that. Now, we, we, we automatically do this with our clients anyway. We harp on them about that. But this has hit home, you know, real close to home for me anyway. And, you know, you and I now have a renewed push yeah. to make sure that our clients are doing this in the light of this information that we've got. And we want to make sure, you know, we have, we have um, a vault system for clients that they can upload important mm-hmm. documents to. And I would encourage everyone to, if you have a will, if you don't have it, you need to get it. But if you already have one, make sure you upload it, you put it somewhere that it's all the spouse, uh, both spouses know, and all the, the kids. kids know. Yeah. Everyone needs to know where this document is because should something happen to you, you know, and not just your they- will, all your important documents. I mean, you could be your passports. It could be, you know, uh, bank accounts. Everything that anyone would ever need if something happened to you needs to be in one place. And, and, and people need to ha- be able to have access to that. Your, your trusted loved one, right? And so- be sure to loop the kids in also because <laughs> if, you know, you might assume, oh, my spouse knows where everything is. If something happens to me, they'll be there to take care of it. Well, if something happens to the both of you at the same time, and now you've got kids that are left to try to figure out, you know, what's the code to the safe that mom and dad had all the important documents in, or, oh, I don't even know if they have a will or what, what a bank accounts do they have? So it's really important to loop everyone in. It's important to have the documents. And, you know, this is not a retirement thing. This isn't everybody. Absolutely. Everyone out there needs to have a will and a medical directive, especially in these times where we've got, you know, COVID is going around (sighs) still and got to protect yourselves as best as you can. (laughs) All right. Well, as we've said here, as you've all said, own your retirement, make it what you want to be. But remember those final notes about the will, about the directives. Yeah, get them in place. There's no reason not to. Listen to Jeff and Lauren from Green Financial Group for insights on planning. And of course, follow their podcast, The Green Zone, to get the latest episodes. Share with others, especially this one. They'll appreciate it. Thank you for listening to The Green Zone Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Green Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. Green Financial Group is not a registered broker or dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Jeff Green is the founder of Green Financial Group and is a registered principal of RJFS. The Green Financial Group is located at 6363 Woodway Drive, Suite 625, Houston, Texas, 77057, and can be reached at 713-244-3030. Raymond James is not affiliated with and does not endorse the opinions or services of his guests.